This is Get a Load of This Podcast, where we cover topics for truckers and entrepreneurs alike. Our guests are coming straight from the trucking industry and industries that directly influence and impact the truckers and trucking companies. We want to bring tremendous value to today's leaders and entrepreneurs and our future of the trucking industry. The common passion amongst our hosts and our guests is one thing. It's you. It's you, the people that make this country move, the trucking industry. Enough with the introductions. Let's get this load on the road. We are your hosts, Thomas, Cameron, and Ryan. Let's get rolling. What's happening? Welcome back to get a load of this trucking podcast. I am pumped to be back. Uh, there's been a lot going on through the first quarter, coming into second quarter, and then the outlook for the rest of the yep. year. And uh, doom, gloom, is everything collapsing? If you listen to the talking heads of the different groups and the Facebook groups and all these people telling you there's a lot of negativity out there. But luckily, I try to talk to real people, real company owners, real guys (laughs) that are in the trenches with you and kind of get the good, the bad, the ugly. And I do know we were kind of chatting a little bit off air before is I feel like people forgot that this is America <laughs> and I feel like, <laughs> like the biggest economy and the greatest opportunity for anybody to stake their claim, Succeed. plant their flag, go make some money and make it happen. And I, uh, there's so many opportunities out there right now. It boggles my mind, but the purpose of this is, is to bring value, education, guidance. So I'm hoping that we can get into that stuff from somebody who's actually doing it. So as always, Cameron, your host, driven by Valley Trucking Insurance, coming off that trucking hat right there with me. You've heard him That's before cool. on the podcast and due to popular demand, people want him back. We got him back. My man, Ricky, Ricky Globitz from Origin Companies, uh, owner of Open Hall. Uh, which is a freight brokerage, and then Origin Transport, uh, which is the asset-based company and uh, trucking company. So, Rick, what's happening, brother? Yeah, nothing much, man. How you been, Cam? How you doing? Oh, I'm so good. And uh, especially since seeing you, the weather actually turned. So not that long ago, I had to make a stop down in Vegas where my guy is and then got some good weather leaving the freaking never-ending winter of Pacific Northwest. But since I got back, it's been like 70s and 80 degrees and that kind of stuff. So uh, maybe that was, I just need to come to Vegas in the wintertime, come back, weather will be good. So, but I've been good, man. How you been? Good, good. We should, I, I play some of the same game. I'll, uh, I'll I'll be in Vegas for the winters and then, I, you know, I'll go up there to Idaho, Idaho Falls area for, for, uh, for that's a game plan through the summer, you know, uh, just take advantage of both locations, right? Play the field. Yeah. Um, yeah, been been really good. I mean, obviously, you already know it, the the brokerage started at this point. I think ten months, eleven months ago, basically, right as all the rates started, you know, the the catastrophe and doom and gloom started is basically when we decided to open up our freight brokerage. Um, and then the asset based division's been doing really well. So, you know, it's a it's a great time to be alive and to get after it and hustle. And that's what we're doing, man. It's 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 long days. It's hard work, but. God, it's it's fucking fun. I mean, I'm I'm having a ball, you know, and I just, you know I couldn't be happier with my decision to come over here full time and uh, be an invested partner in uh, in Origin Companies. So, yeah, and some would probably think you're crazy. And like going way back in my career, I got into sales and and in particularly insurance uh, for construction contractors and trucking back in 07, 08, which for those that have been around for a minute. 
remember that that was a depression and, you know, we went into a recession and a hard market and all the similar components there. And anyone who is rational thinking would be like, well, why would you do that? Like, why would you get into anything to do with contractors or construction or sales, you know, let alone something that you need to like make money. And I was commissioned only, but I made it through that and I um, picked up a lot of good habits. And the biggest thing for me was hard work, dedication, um, being honest, transparent, and just picking up the phones, man. And I feel like you bring a lot of those same qualities. We spent a lot of time chatting and I admire that about you. So I know there's money to be made and there's ways to do it. And there's some strategy behind it. And I'm hoping that we can touch on some of those to maybe give some of these carriers some, you know, lanes or guidance and kind of open their eyes along with the freight brokers. We've got, you know, company guys, freight brokers, carriers, fleet owners, your startups to people that have been in business listening. So let's start kind of wrapping on some of that stuff. What have you seen as the biggest challenge in the first quarter in the second quarter for this year? And actually, I guess since opening the freight brokers, let's back up 10 months and kind of get us a fast forward play through that. Sure. So well, so John, my partner, um, he's he's been on here too. Uh, he, he had a uh, so ba- basically my as I'm sure if people have listened to our other episode. I, I used to sell semi trucks for Kenworth. Before that, I was a freight broker for a really large uh, 3PL Total Quality Logistics. Before everyone starts hating on me, I did leave. So there's that, you know. And and John had the idea of starting a freight brokerage pretty early on in our relationship, probably two years ago or so. And we I, we, I kicked it around, but just didn't, you know. I, I was enjoying what I was doing and and so on and. As our relationship progressed, I, I kind of took it a little bit more and more seriously. And uh, finally, I mean, June 30th uh, of last year, uh, my birthday, actually, we incorporated an open hall, went live and uh, the brokerage. And, you know, it's just been our goal. We set a goal of to move one load for the, you know, that first year. Uh, not a very lofty goal. It was just kind of uh, more than anything to have some proof of concept and see what we could do. And... Yeah, that did not happen. It just it took off like wildfire. I started calling some of my contacts and, you know, just kind of shooting the shit with a couple of friends of mine. And and, uh, then started getting back into cold calling a little bit because I'm a weirdo that likes doing that. And uh, and it just took off. I mean, we probably did. I think we did uh, just a hair shy of one million in sales from uh, June 30th to the end of the year. And it's just continuing to grow and grow after that first year. I officially left Kenworth, went full time as an invested partner in uh, both companies. It's someday in June, some or someday in in January, yeah, in January. And you know, as as taking on the role of business development, you know, just kind of negotiations with vendors, you know, building out partnerships, adding more and more freight, and it's just been it's been amazing, man. I mean, it's been amazing that. I, I don't take away uh, the people that are having a hard time right now, but I'm hoping this podcast, you know, and this episode can kind of help them and, uh, you know, kind of give them some pointers as far as what we've done and what we've seen has worked, you know, and uh, yeah, just uh, blessed to be a part of this. And the, the success has been amazing. You know, we just a few weeks got on our first, uh, our first broker um, after building out operations, getting everything settled. And so I'm not the only one selling in the brokerage anymore. That's been huge. And, we have interviews scheduled for a couple more, uh, some buddies of mine. And yeah, it's there's so much to cover and so much to unpack. The last 10 months has just felt like a whirlwind, man. <laughs> it's been insane. It's been insane, but 
spin. Oh, I, I love watching it. Um, uh, you know, rooting and cheering it on. And, and obviously we talk a lot and we're integrated. We do business together. So it's been fun and exciting to see. I think one of the cool things that I think for me anyway, is you have the background in the transportation piece from brokering before. So freight. So you understand the market, you understand trends, you understand good swings up, bad, all the, all the different things. You also understand the asset side of the house because of dealings with fleet consulting. And actually that's how I met you, right? As a fleet consultant mm-hmm. for Kenworth. So you, you know what they go through, you understand the day to day, and then you investing into the carrier side or asset based side. So you actually have trucks, a, a good number of trucks and uh, best in class, in my opinion, because I get to see the back end for Thank a you. lot of different companies mm-hmm. and and how they operate and what they do. And I'd place you guys up there first, the best of them for sure. And the freight broker side. So you kind of have this unique perspective where you see all the different sides of the market. And like with the groups that I see in the chatter you hear and all this stuff, it's like, brokers are causing this, they're causing me to not have money. And it's like, you know, then the, the, the brokers are kind of taking a haircut over here on certain things to make things happen, to keep relationships happy. But then the truck drivers don't understand how that stuff works. And, And maybe they should, or maybe they shouldn't. But what I do find fascinating is, is you've been able to actually add, add it as a benefit and enhance your overall value in the marketplace as having assets and a freight brokerage. And it's not selfishly, you guys are helping a tremendous amount of companies and carriers get loads and actually make money in this market. So I know it can be done. Let's talk a little bit about that. You know, these guys that I guess, in my opinion, a lot of people need to know their numbers a little bit better to understand what is profitable, (laughs) actually move the truck. I I think that's kind of first and foremost, you could probably have a whole episode into that, but let's assume that they're business owners and let's assume they understand, Hey, I'm going to need, you know, $1.89, $2, $3, whatever per mile on average to move this truck and be profitable and still cover all my overhead maintenance and all the different proactive things that they're going to be doing. But what are some ways that they should be looking at the market or trends or reaching out to people like you where they can actually become profitable in this market? Because I think a lot of people, at least everything I see is like, all right, we're parking our trucks, we're shutting down, we can't make money, I'm going to go on vacation until rates come back above, you know, $1.89 $1.89 or whatever, you know, all these things that people yeah. say, which I, I don't think it's true, but um, negative press gets a lot of play. So let's hear from your yeah. perspective. So, well, my, my perspective is, is, you know, I, I feel for the carriers in, in one, on one hand, because they are right. I, you know, as far as, uh, you know, demand coming down and, and it getting harder to run a profitable business within this market. But yes. it's almost like because of the COVID supply chain issues and everything that we went through, you know, there from 20, you know, mid 2020 until, you know, uh, quarter three of last year, uh, they almost expect, you know, it to be easy. They almost expect there to be a hundred percent margin cushion in there for them to operate their company. And so many carriers of all shapes and sizes, they focus a lot on costs. What are my costs? You know, and uh, they run a cent per mile, which I don't agree with necessarily. Uh, they run it off of a cent per mile, which I don't necessarily agree with, but we can cover that in, a di- in you know, later. Uh, and they, they just find ways to downgrade. They take away services. They cut their own throats in order to have just a slightly lower cost per mile basis in order to operate a little bit cheaper of an operation, be it running, you know, uh, you know, cheaping out on insurance, uh, you know, running, uh, you know, used beat up equipment, uh, paying their drivers less, uh, you know, any not investing in technologies and investing in their future, 
you know, they they just strip it down to the bare brass tax minimum, no back end and uh, no back end support. And then they expect that, you know, that's going to be the savior, the saving grace. And what, in my opinion, it couldn't be further from the truth, right? Especially in the day and age that we're in now where shippers demand uh, from not only brokers, but the carrier partners that they use, you know, complete transparency and a lot of investments into different technologies and EDI, API integration type stuff to to make sure that there's complete transparency and um, so on and so forth that it's, 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 they're cutting their own throats. And I think that that's the first step, in my opinion, the biggest difference between origin open hall and a lot of the carriers out there is while we do, of course, monitor our costs and, and try to keep them in order, we're far more focused on what can we do to increase revenues? What can we do to increase sales per truck per week than we are? What can we do to strip our company down to bare brass tax and, uh, you know, operate at a lower cost. You know, I want, we invest in tools in order to offer our customers something different than what every other logistics provider offers. And uh, that's really been, in our case scenario, the value proposition, the the thing that's allowed us to succeed, that and actually having a business model. You know, as far as, there, there's a lot to unpack uh, based off of what the questions you asked. As far as what's going on, you know, the United States is not crumbling. You know, uh, it's not like we're going, this is all just going to suddenly implode and the United States is going to be a third world country. Okay. Um, we got to get past that whole idea. We got to get past blaming things on politics or, you know, freight brokers or shippers or whatever the case scenario is, you know, and, and actually take responsibility for our own actions. If you're out there and you're running a trucking company, you chose to be a business owner. And it doesn't matter what other people do. The second that you blame it on somebody else, you just gave up complete control, right? You you just basically said that you're a victim. Victims, you know, they don't get fed. And uh, you got to embrace the market that you're in and ask how, what can you do to to add the most value in the current market that you're in? And I got, you know, I'd be more than happy to go through what we're doing and what we're focusing on and how we've seen a lot of success. In fact, probably more success, our revenue per truck and literally I would be more than happy to prove this because no one's going to believe me, but my, our revenue per truck has actually gone up per week uh, over the course of the last three months, not down. Um, yeah. Our, our revenue per truck has gone up, not down. And, and it's because of the strategies and the partnerships and the, the persistency that myself and my team have uh, embraced and unrolled. So. Well, and what I do know, and I would say this as a, an industry and as a group and as a breed is truck drivers are resilient, right? They're going to get through this. There's a small amount of people chirping and there is cause for concern for some. And if you're living, you came in, in the, in the environment, especially in the past three years where I don't want to say it was easy because it's not easy, but easier. And you had these truck notes, you bought brand new equipment, you're living on the spot market, you're getting paid like way inflated prices due to demand. And like you had kind of pointed out, you know, the cause and effect from COVID and the supply chain issues. Well, now you're coming into more of a real swing for trucking and the people that have been around long enough understand how to weather that, understand how to lean on relationships that they built, understand that they need to take less cost here to operate on a baseline, but then they can take these trucks, move them here and go get a little bit more specialized freight that will pay them more to actually you know, allow them to run at a profitable amount. But what I think happens is these new people that 
are only focused or listen to the negative and like they're, you know, they're hanging it up and like they're really kind of getting put through the paces right now. They need some guidance, I feel like. You know, they're they're looking at DAT or the load board or wherever they're at, and all they're seeing are the trends that get posted from that and the negative, negative, yeah. negative. Although recently, actually, I just saw an uptick, which is good. So at least from yeah. that stance, that's good. That gives a little bit of hope there. But what should some of these smaller operations or new guys do or less than 10 trucks be doing to find better paying loads, to find good relationships or better relationships or stable relationships where they're not just dependent on the market and the spot market and load boards. Like what's your recommendation there? Cause I feel like that's a formula you guys have been intentional about. You mentioned business strategy. So you actually put thought into it. You're not just a goldfish. That's like a flashy thing and you follow it and flashes here. Yeah. And follow it. Like, <laughs> like you, you guys are disciplined in that. And I know that these truck drivers yeah. are disciplined. I feel like some of them just maybe need a little nudge or guidance or a roadmap pun intended. Right. So let's talk about that a little bit. Sure. Let's do it. So, yeah, this is where we've spent a lot of time and it's been hard. We've turned down a lot of big loads, especially during that COVID era to stay dedicated to our business plan and strategy and and it's working. And so here's here's the few things that I I would recommend immediately. And I love that you separated it, you know, into, hey, what about those one one truck owner operator, you know, one to ten truck owner operator, you know, type smaller fleets, because that is a whole different game that they're playing versus the larger fleets. and couple recommendations for those guys. First off, I'm going to tell you now, most businesses, and I'm sure you could attest to this, Cam, most businesses don't get to go into business without ever having any kind of clients whatsoever. That's why the barrier to entry is so low in trucking is because you can go buy some equipment, hop in the truck, you know, get your insurance, get your authority, get everything in place and go hit load boards and, uh, and make some money or you could make money that way. But that is not actually how business is supposed to work. That's not how trucking business is supposed to work either. You know, businesses need clients, you know, actual clients, actual partnerships, and they need a business model, something that they follow that they do that's different than their competitors. That's their value proposition, right? That's their identity. And what I would encourage a lot of these guys to do is first have an honest conversation with themselves about how much work, how much time, how real are they about running this business? If you're not in this for the love of the game and 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 wanting to truck, uh, I, I'll tell you right now, I mean it's a lot of hard work. And what I would do is I'd recommend you take your, you take your trucks, you go lease onto a fleet who is willing to make those investments. Now on the flip side of that, if you are somebody who's taken this serious, you do want to make it work and you do want to see it explode. I have a couple key things that would probably help you out a lot, at least as far as what we did first, the first step's real simple, just building out, you know, an identity and specialization. What application are you? You know, I see small owner operators and small fleets bounce around, you know, that they'll, They'll have uh, dry vans one day, the dry van market falls out, and uh, suddenly they sell off their dry vans for pennies on the dollar, and they go and buy you know, flatbeds because Open Deck's doing well, and then process repeat every time the spot market changes. Stop that. Have, have, stay true to what you do. Uh, uh, pick, a, pick an application, uh, whatever it may be. And after that, pick an identity as far as lanes go, right? That's how you build partnerships. So whatever it may be, it could be, you know, from the West Coast to the Midwest, it could be the 11 Western state, it could be, you know, whatever your actual lane is, if you're a small carrier, you don't have a ton of capacity. So you have to consolidate that capacity down into a market. So you start to make familiar faces and start to learn that market. You know, so that's the first thing actually build your identity, specialize in a lane and an application. And once you've done that, that more than that's kind of the start of your business plan, learn that market. I mean, there's ups and downs. These ups and downs that you see in freight are not 
they're they're cyclical. They're not random, right? And they're not because Joe Biden. You know, there there's different things that play a part in different markets. So as you know, Cam, we're a refrigerated carrier produce. Uh, produce seasons, things grow at certain times, right? And they come in and come into play at different times. You know, that drives rates and freight, uh, you know, rates uh, in different markets at different times uh, for different reasons. So really understand, you know, if you're hauling outbound Idaho and, you know, the harvest season for potatoes in, is in October, you know, you need to understand that that's, that's what's driving those higher rates in Q4. Or, um, you know, maybe you're hauling out of Wisconsin, you know, and there's a ton of cheese that comes out of there. When is production high? When is it low? What drives that market? Uh, you know, and understand that lane. Stop paying attention to the macroeconomics that everybody's talking about in, in freight, uh, that you see all that bad news. Stop paying attention to that and actually pay attention to your business, your model and what you do and specialize in um, and learn that market like the back of your hand. If someone says what's going to happen on your lane in July, you need to be able to tell them exactly what's going to happen, why it's going to happen and what commodities, cargo, fleets, capacities are going to drive that. Once you understand, then now you can sell. And this is a key piece that I see so many carriers of all shapes and sizes just cast to the wayside. None of them really invest in in a sales force, and and you should. You, I mean, one hundred percent, you should. That's how most businesses work. If you don't go out and prospect, Cam, no one's knocking down your door. There's no brokers you get to go to that that you know will say, hey, you know, I can sell you this insurance policy, and then you can sell the insurance policy and make them make a spread. Uh, you actually have to go out and get yours. You know, you got to go out and get some, right? Like you got to go yeah, out and get after it. 100%. And same thing. Same thing here. Once you know your market, you're going to learn really, really quickly. And there's tools you can use, which we can go into to learn really quickly what shippers are in your area that run those lanes on both ends for your deliveries and pickups. You know, you're going to learn what brokers are stalwarts within that within that lane, and you're going to start being having the opportunity to build those partnerships. So that's huge. And build build yourself an elevator pitch. It sounds corny, but if you're if you do these things, you build a true identity, you're going to quickly be able to understand what it is about your capacity that is different from everybody else's. And that's everyone's biggest mistake. Stop chasing the bit next big load and uh, and start worrying about your business and making a modest profit. And you'll quickly you'll you'll go leaps and bounds. Some of it just by accident, you'll run into brokers because you've been traveling that lane so often. And some of it on purpose, actually going out, prospecting, selling. Uh, meeting, networking, going to conventions, you know, and and uh, and making calls while you're in the truck, and you know, learning and touching base with these shippers and following up and figuring out exactly what they need and, and explaining to them how you're going to solve their problems. Right? Uh, once you once you're able to do that, you would be surprised how much that fixes your issues. Now, that doesn't mean you go into the shipper and you quote them five dollars a mile. That's a thing of the past. If you're new to this industry, you got in during the COVID times and you know, you want those rates back. I hate to I hate to be so blunt, but it's not going to happen, right? You no, trucking companies don't make 100% margins. Um their operating ratios, even the best of the best trucking companies operating ratios is somewhere around 80, 80%, um and that's proven by publicly traded trucking companies, right? So you you need to make a modest profit, just like most business owners. You go in and you offer that. You need to know what your costs are to know what the profit margins are. You need to know what the back hauls are paying, uh, you know, what your customers are paying on both ends to make sure that you're meeting those costs uh, and, uh, and, and go in and offer your services at a consistent contracted rate. The last little piece that I would explain 
that I think is extremely paramount for all trucking companies to understand from that one to 10 truck range is that there's you're operating in two separate markets. The reason that the rates got insane, if you ask why, is because there was a ton of contracted freight getting pushed into the spot freight market. Uh, you know, tender, what they call tender rejections, right? The first primary carrier was rejecting the, uh, the order that they received that they bid. And then that is forced to go to either brokers or basically to the, and then carriers were bidding on that. Well, tons, tons of loads with the same amount of capacity or even slightly elevated capacity equals much, much better rates. But that's the spot market, right? That's, you know, just last second. The spot market, I guess is what I'm trying to say is a sign of inefficiencies, Cam. Like, if the load is going to the spot market and getting moved on the spot market nine times out of 10, that is actually triggered as a sign of an inefficiency for a company, right? That That's a sign that their supply chain is breaking down because it had to go to the spot market to get fulfilled. Uh, you know, contract is where you want to be at. So kind of giving you an example, the I think tender rejections got as high as like 26%, meaning one out of every four loads were hitting the spot market at one point. A healthy market somewhere around six or 7%, you know, tender rejections. So about a quarter of that. And um, I think we're sitting hovering somewhere around 2% right now. So nothing's getting, nothing's getting pushed to spot. Doesn't mean necessarily that loads aren't getting moved. Loads are definitely getting moved. Uh, I'm, we're proof of that. But it, what it does mean is if you're just waiting for it to hit DAT load board or truck stop or whatever it is that you use, keep waiting because it's not going to be there, you know, and if it is there, it's not going to pay very good because there's hundreds, uh, thousands, thousands of other carriers hoping for the same thing. So I'm kind of rattling on. But my point being is you got to get over to the contracted side. Um, that's what shippers want anyway, right? They want consistent capacity at a consistent rate that they can budget for. That's dependable. They know exactly who whose truck that's going on. This is what they're looking for. They're waiting for you to call. The difference is instead of you calling, I'm calling. And so I'm getting the freight and I'm putting it through my brokerage or my asset division, whatever the case is. Uh, and they're choosing to partner. They don't know you exist. So market, you know, and make those calls and build those relationships. So that's a, that was a lot, but uh, you know, I hope that it kind of helps a little in, in, in some way. And, you know, you got to stop. You're, you manifest your own destiny. It's corny, but it's true. And if you're just sitting there telling yourself and watching the news and seeing how negative everything is, you already fucking lost. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Excuse my language, but you're already a fucking loser. Uh, we're a trucking know? podcast. And, we're good. Man, I, uh, know. well, okay. Everyone needs to rewind that, re-listen to that and take some notes because that's how I feel right now is you got to go back <laughs> and unpack uh, all the different things and, and stuff there. Um, from my perspective, if I was a trucking company or an entrepreneur or a fleet owner, whatever they're like, I feel like fleets or established companies have established an identity. So you have a business plan, you have a strategy, you have a game plan, you have an identity. And really most important in all this is you pay attention to the market. You pay attention to who's shipping, to who's receiving. You pay attention to who you need to call, introduce yourself, get in front of and say, this is my identity. This is how I can help you, how I differentiate myself, what that does. And this is where I think people get tunnel visioned is they're looking at the swings on real time. Well, if you just scale back your lens to, let's just say a six month window or a nine month window, well, now you've got the waves. And now you can actually ride those waves on an average over six to nine months versus a one month 
wave because you're going to freak out when that wave goes down because your numbers don't make sense anymore. But if you just back it up a little bit, your numbers are going to make a little bit more sense. You got a lot more stability and you understand it will rebound and come back, especially because I did all the work, established my identity. I'm really good at what I do. I'm super reliable. I was there to pick up those loads. I built this relationship and now they've got me on dedicated lanes three out of the five days. Right. And I'm maybe not getting paid the most, especially in those waves, but I'm getting paid the entire time. So now I can rely upon it and now I can build upon that and I can bring more assets to the table and I can fulfill more demand and command as it comes. And as you grow, which I think not everyone's ambition is to do that, but if it is, you can then have a stable force there and pull guys off, go here, follow that. Like you can do all kinds of stuff once you're in a position of power, right? And and you know your identity and you're not just flip-flopping and wishy-washy on what I'm going to haul this week and next week and this week. And, you know, so I love that you kind of touch on all that kind of stuff. Let's talk about, you mentioned a couple tools. And I think this is important because a lot of people just look to the groups or the Facebook or their friends doing this or whatever. And DAT is the king, right? They, they just like they own everything, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah. what are some of those tools and how could one utilize them to figure out, oh, these guys are shipping it. And then before I do that, I would say sales uh, is not a bad term. People associate sales as a bad thing. What I do know is life revolves around negotiations, you negotiate mm-hmm. with your wife, your kids, your everything in this world has a negotiation involved. I would say pick up an audio book. One I'd recommend is Never Split the Difference. Chris Voss is an FBI <laughs> yeah. negotiator. It will Hell make yeah. sense when you listen to it on how you can apply it to your life and like in trucking and in business and whatever else you're trying to do. But you have to understand the inner workings and psychology and like how to basically, I don't want to say influence because it's not a negative thing, but how to get what you want to where both parties are happy, right? Nobody's ever going to be completely Mm -hmm. happy, but how do you get a common objective accomplished there? And then you be that person to them because you created this identity. So Mm -hmm. I just wanted to do a quick little plug on that. Um, You guys are in a truck all day. You have so much time to get an education and learn, and, and there's no excuse to not get content when you're driving. I mean, absolutely Absolutely. none with the, with the, (laughs) with what's available. But let's go over those tools, though. So what are those tools? How would one use them? How would they just just like a just a color me by numbers step guide to make to make a play there? What do you think? Yeah, um, well, there's a billion tools. So as far as as, as far as uh, like prospecting and building out, right, once you've actually built your identity, you understand your lane, what you're trying to do, you understand your market, your race, where you need to be. Um, you know, the, the tools, the the tools that you can use to prospect and actually land these shippers and, and so on. Um, I, you know, those, that, those are lead generation tools. So me personally, I, the first tool that everyone knows about are just shippers lists. I'd stay away from the shippers lists. If they're telling you that it's going to cost you 50 bucks or something like that to, to have a list of every shipper in your area, they're, they're fucking lying to you and everybody's already bought it and everybody's already called through it. And that's a good way to lose. So that's, in my opinion, just stay away from those. Do actual true lead generation software. Us personally, we've invested in Zoom Info. Love those guys. Absolutely a plug. <laughs> like they're, uh, that's, that's just been a mind-boggling tool to utilize, but it is expensive. In my opinion, if you're just getting started out, you're that 1 to 10 truck fleet, and you're just getting started in sales, once you've educated yourself on it, through tools like uh, my, my big recommendation would be how to win friends, right? How to win friends and influence people. That's a great book and audio tape to, to take advantage of. Never split the difference would probably be right up there with that. 
and you've learned kind of that and you've developed that skill. Apollo is a good one. You can go to, I think it's Apollo.io and it, it costs maybe 50 or a hundred bucks a month. And it's what it does is it gives you a list. You can set parameters and filters to get, to build a list of a certain kind of company and then actually filter down what point of contacts you're actually looking for. And then it'll provide the information for those point of contacts, names, emails, phone numbers, and so on, and then build a list off of that. And at that point, the tool that you're going to use is your, your cell phone. <laughs> you know, you're going to, you're going to pick up and make some goddamn dials is what you're going to do. And feel a little bit of rejection, but at the same time, have some wins too. And it should be clear, you know, don't go in there and say, and, and, you know, don't lose sight of what your business model and expertise is. If somebody says, if you're, if you're traveling back and forth between, let's say Florida and, you know, New Jersey and back every week, and that's your business model. And they say, well, I do have Florida loads, but my Florida loads go to Texas and they pay good. You know, while you could put some thought into it, I would I would stay completely away. I'd say, hey, listen, sounds great. I don't think I'm the best fit for that, but I can put you in contact with somebody who might be. However, you want to handle that situation. Um, stay true to what you do great at. Listen, this is this is this is what we do. We do it better than anybody else in the nation. Um, and here's why. Understand what that value proposition is and go and offer it. And you're going to call down that list. So, tool number one, Apollo for lead generation. Tool number two is any kind of transparency tool known to man. Listen, if you're one of those guys that is, I will not track, I will not, uh, you know, I, you know, you'll get the documentations. It gets there when it gets there. I'm reliable. You don't need, you're in the, you're living in the past, man. If you got, if you got a fucking flip phone still, like, uh, bro, buy, buy an iPhone. Like it's a, like in, what these shippers, my point being is what these shippers are looking for most and form, you know, foremost is complete transparency. They're looking for somebody and what we pitch and what we talk a lot about is uh, giving back control through transparency uh, and, uh, and, and communication. They want to be able to talk direct to drivers. That's why they do love asset based companies. That's why they will love you when you call. Um, they want to, they want to know and see and understand exactly where your truck's at at all times. And they have the right to, they have 50, a hundred, sometimes even $250,000 in the back of your trailer per load. And they're shipping, God, they could be shipping hundreds of those a week and, uh, you know, give them that, give them that, you know, so tools to invest in would be anything that gives transparency that gives them, you know, PODs, BOLs, paperwork, pictures, you know, security, you know, immediately access to that immediately. The more information that you can provide these shippers about where their cargo's at, how it's doing and, um, and what condition and state it's in, that's a, that's a pretty big value proposition for these guys. Right. So those would be primarily the two, the two first tools that I would, I would advocate for when getting into that pending. If you're more towards that 10 truck fleet size, a traffic management system, that's open API. Uh, is a fantastic investment. There's a lot of them out there. Us personally, we use Turbo. Um, Turbo is amazing, and it integrates well with all the uh, the shippers' uh, technologies that they use. Right, so they they have a traffic management warehouse management platforms that allow them to keep track of everything and, and keep and watch everything. Um, you know, these your traffic management system will integrate in with theirs. That will allow once again that full transparency, and it also kind of separates you a little bit from your competition. So that that would be that would be a great thing to invest in, obviously, in, in my opinion. And really, 
from a, if you're a one to it changes as you continue to grow. But if you're one to 10 trucks, those are the primary things that I, I am literally going out. I'm getting tomorrow. That way I can educate myself, have the tools, build a value proposition and sell it to people who could take advantage of it, take advantage of it that, you know, it's mutually beneficial to both myself and them. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Super sound advice. And I think people need to embrace technology, those that don't, because, oh man, it's such an enhancement to what you can do. Connects you with people that you could have never been connected with. Something I, I like to think about too, is like networking, right? So like normally an insurance agent, and I'm just going to just make this scenario because we just recently did this is I had an asset based company on the opposite side of the country that what we were talking and like I understand yeah. what their needs are I understand what freight they run I understand that they're good and I reach out to Rick and I'm like hey Rick help me out a little bit so I've got this company I want to connect you to because I know we got the brokerage side you know what can we do so I'm doing anything I can to bring value to my clients and make connections and make introductions whether or not they work out or don't work out it's neither here nor there but I'm going to put good people with other good people that I would stamp and just say you know you know give me your thoughts on this and then at that being said the more I understand about the market when I talk to Rick he gives me so many good ideas I can then turn around talk to my clients and carriers that maybe are struggling and give them some tips and say, Hey, you know, look Absolutely. at these types of things, talk to these people. Here's maybe what I would try to do. And I, and I try to focus on not just insurance. I try to focus on business. I try to focus on relationships, coaching. I try to focus on safety operations. How do we get more profitability into your pocket? How do we do leadership and training and driver education? Like all these different things that I try to do. And it happens with networking, right? It happens with talking to people and just not being afraid to just communicate and share your problems and ask for help and ask for introductions. I mean, I, I think that that's huge. Absolutely. And I think a lot of truckers need to embrace that. And if you're working in any capacity from your factoring company to your freight broker, to your buddy, whoever, you can't be afraid to just ask, Hey, here's what mm -hmm. I'm thinking. Here's what I'm struggling with. Or who do you know that can help, you know, because successful people want to help other people. They truly do. They want to help you succeed. Normally, in my mind, if I was on the outside and I was negative, I'd be like, there's no way that Rick, who owns a brokerage, but also an asset company, would ever help another trucking company across the country. Like, there's no way. Like, why would somebody do that? But that's not how this world works. That's not how the economy, like, like you know, the other good thing, I think this is good for people to think about when you're starting to create an identity and when you're trying to be the best at that niche, when what you say yes to, you're saying no to something. So when you say yes, what are you saying no to? Are you stepping mm -hmm. over hundred dollar bills to pick up that dollar because it happens to be mm. shiny and right in your face and not, you know, it's going to take a little easy. bit of work to get that. It's easy. Right. So like, I like to keep those things in mind for myself, for my salespeople, for my clients when we're having conversations. Right. And I, and I feel like you hit the nail on the head there where it's like, we had a game plan, we stuck to it and we said no, if it didn't fit, even though you would have made a lot more money perceived money at the time in saying yes to opportunities. And it takes a lot of discipline oh, yeah. to say no, man, because I'm an opportunity. I'm a salesperson, but I, you know, I, I love opportunity. And so like, I, it's like, what do I, I say yes to a lot of things I probably shouldn't. So I, I got <laughs> to reel it back in and be like, okay, I got to say no to some stuff. But anyway, I just kind of wanted to kind of go on a little rant about that because you got me thinking. That's why I love these conversations. It's like I get all fired up like you do. And obviously there's passion oh, about dude, the dude. industry and the truckers and community and 
All I want is people to be successful. All I want is people to follow through with their dream. They had a dream. They bought a truck. They wanted to do this. Like, mm-hmm. don't give up because it gets hard. Like, why, like, why yeah. would we do that? You know, figure it out. So that's why we're here. That's why we're talking. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, one of the, I, I got two comments on that. I mean, first, first, the networking point, right? I'm, so I'm 28 years old. I own a trucking company, 21 trucks at this point all brand new equipment, gorgeous, go to words.com to check us out. You know, we, I own obviously the freight brokerage building that out a couple other endeavors as well. And I've, and I'm not tooting my own horn. What I'm getting at is everything that I have, I owe to my network and my relationships and my partnerships. They're the people that got me here. Not, not but to an extent myself and in a way myself, but really it was people that chose to do business and partner with me. And relationships and a network is, is just brilliant. What you, the way, the best thing, and I, I wanted to plug a book right now, but I can't remember which one it is, but they <laughs> so explain funny. networking. They explain networking as you're the, you're the center of the tornado, the center of the storm. And as you build, when you make a contact with one person, that one person isn't one person, you're making a contact with them and then all of their contacts and, you know, and, you know, and so on. And, and you can build a network super, super quick. If you know, a, what, what questions, what the right questions are to ask. Um, and then of course, you know, be an honest, genuine person yourself. That's, that's kind of important. Uh, the network effect is, I mean, that's, I literally owe everything to it. I mean, it's, it's true. It's, it works and leveraging relationships is not a bad thing. It might have bad context, but leveraging relationships and, and offering, your relationships and yourself to be leveraged as well is that is literally how this economy was built and how business works. So make those contacts. It could be, it's the funniest thing. I mean, you could be, I sold trucks, right? Uh, Technically speaking, all I did was sell trucks, but I can't tell you how many times I secured business for my dealership because of things that had absolutely nothing to do with the equipment and with the truck, you know? So that's part one. And outside of that, you know, as far as uh, as you're getting into this and making that decision, one thing I like to tell myself, one thing I like to look at is, let's say uh, we're at 100% capacity right now. We have 100% of the fleets in place right now. If I were to remove 10% of the bottom feeders and now we only have 90% of that 100%, what's the freight market look like? Okay, if I were to remove eight, uh, 20%, what's the freight market look like? Like how how much of a percentage do I need to remove before the freight market starts to look a lot better? Well, it's not much, right? It's not it's not very much. Um, but let's be let's be extraordinarily aggressive here and say we need to remove twenty percent of the capacity off the market to get back to higher end rates. Well, you need to ask yourself: Are you better than the bottom twenty percent? Like, do you believe that you, as an operator, as a human being, and as a business? is better than the bottom 20% of the market. Me personally, I believe I'm better than 100% of the market, you know, but there's if you if you believe you're at least within the top 80%, then why in the fuck would you quit after all this work, everything, all this money, all this time and effort that you've spent, you know, trying to build out your dream. You know, it's harder, but the thing is is you're all we're all on an equal playing field. And if it's harder for you, it's harder for everybody else. The question is, are you more capable of operating within a harder on a harder difficulty level than your than your competitors? Because every single trucking company is not going to go out of business. And if it did, we got much, much bigger problems than is our business going to stay alive. Um, you, you just need to be better than 
uh, your competition. And the way to do that, it goes back, it always comes back to just the fundamentals, man, building out skill sets, you know, building, building yourself and turning yourself into something that creates value for others. And your business works the exact same way. So that's probably, it, it honestly pisses me off, Cam. Like it really does. It frustrates the shit out of me. The reason I am willing to help, you know, what would be a competitor is because anybody who wants to succeed, I want to see them succeed. And it sucks. And what I can't be around and it sucks to see is when people just get down in the dumps and negative and they listen to the news and they say they're never going to make it and fuel's high and rates are down and, and this and that. And, you know, the feds just hiked the in- interest rates another quarter point and banks are breaking. And it's like, it, sure, all that's true. But what are you going to do about that? Like, do you have $50 billion to donate to the government now? Okay, so let's not worry about that, right? Like, <laughs> what, you, what you need to say is, what can I do for myself, my family, and all the mouths that I feed within this company that I have built? And, you know, how can I become better than the people that I am out there competing with? And if you want it, and it is truly something that you want to you wanna do, I can't, I want a hundred percent, you know, I want you to hundred percent believe in me when I tell you that you can, you, you'll get it. It'll, it'll happen. You're fine. Like you, that sheer want, will, and desire is something that will propel you past the bottom 10, 20, 30, 50% anyway, because a lot of people are in here just to make money or take advantage of depreciation or whatever the case scenario is. If you have a higher purpose and a better why, I mean, you'll be just fine. I, I'm not a college educated individual. My family, uh, the value that I bring to the table is pretty much I work hard. And, but what I've built myself into and the relationships I've created and the network effect that's been built has uh, allowed me to have a lot of success in my life. And uh, there's absolutely, if I can do it, anybody can do it, I guess is what I'm saying, you know, um, <laughs> absolutely. you know, and uh, yeah, just fucking snap out of it. Snap, you know, remind yourself that you're the man or the woman, you know, remind yourself why you're here. And I mean, that's half of it. Get your mind right and you'll be just fine. Like it's, it's not rocket science. It's trucking. So. Yeah. That's why I love calling you a friend, man. This stuff's refreshing. And then, you know, one of the most important questions that I ask a potential client, um, which has nothing to do with insurance. Like people think like, Oh, I'm calling to get an insurance quote. Well, I really don't even talk about insurance much until we get to uncovering the reasons why we're talking and how'd you arrive here, but, um, is why. So like in my, um, let's call it the discovery conversation or whatever is Mm -hmm. like, why did you get into trucking? Why do you own a business? Why do you do what you do? I want to know that because it helps me, but I want you to remind yourself too why you are doing it. And I think most Mm. people, sure, you get into it to make an income and a living and stuff like that. But I mean, attorneys, there's a lot of professions that make a lot more money that if it was only driven by money, you'd go do something else. So why? Yeah. Right. And so that's important to me to, to help others. And I, I think that, um, I mean, I would, I would pretty much put that on the billboard and say, okay, Hey, why are you doing this? Remind yourself. Right. And then use that as the motivation. That's why I get up every day as I got two little beautiful girls that I need to be a good example for. I've got, you know, tons of mouths that I got am responsible for getting fed and and I have no option for failure. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to fucking fail. Right. There's no Mm -hmm. way. And it's not a failure unless you give up and decide that you failed. Right. That's it. Yeah. Like, let's go. I mean, so we can't, we can't get too amped up, man. We're coming to the end of this thing and we're about to rally on a tangent to do a whole another podcast (laughs) after, after we do, but, um, no, man, I love that. So 
Hell yeah. Hey, real quick, just because let's, uh, I, I'm excited. I know you're excited. What's something you're excited about to finish this year and kind of the road ahead, man? What are you looking forward to? Oh boy. Uh, so much. Uh, as far as the businesses go, Cam, or are you just, just anything, anything, general, man, like, life, business, the industry, whatever. Well, you know, uh, yeah, I, I don't even know where to start. I, I mean, I'm really excited for the brokerage. I think traditional brokerages are broken. Um, I do. I, I think that spot boards are, are, are going to become a thing of the past. I think that this industry is so ripe for innovation. I mean, uh, let's be honest, most of the trucking, most trucking companies and brokerages still live in like the 1990s. I mean, I swear to God, I, I can just picture like the cigars and pinstripe soups now. And, uh, you That's know, it's, you're uh, still in your twenties. Just... All of us that are older, are like dude, nineties is just yeah. like yesterday, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you <know? laughs> Fuck you, <Yeah>. Rick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I mean, it's just, I, what can I say, man? I mean, it's just, you, I all I can see is opportunity, and I don't even know where to start. I, I, I want to scale. I want to. I'm, I'm excited for what we have in mind, what the Let's actual go. finished vision, and what the finished product looks like. Um, I, we, we want to build a full service logistics firm for our specific lanes and and what we offer. We want to offer, you know, obviously the brokerage kind of being the head of it, where we're bringing on brokers now and growing that out to not only encourage and, and have more sales, but but also to be able to offer the platform that my partners and I have built that we believe creates true value for our shippers, transparency, honesty, uh, communicate instantaneous communication, uh, you know, true flexibility. The goal is that our what we're trying to solve for is is uh, supply chain fragmentation. And, uh, you know, I don't want there to be any difference whatsoever. I, I, I don't want there to be, I want a logistics coordinator to be able to put a load on my truck, um, and not know that it was on my truck instead of theirs. You know what I mean? Them to have every single, everything to be the same and, and we're, we're accomplishing that and we have, and we're, and we're damn close. And so I'm excited to watch the firm as a whole grow. I'm excited to watch the, the asset division continue to grow. Uh, excited to get into some storage op opportunities. And for the industry, man, what I'm really excited for, and I hope I don't receive too much hate for this, I I'm excited to watch the spot market dissipate, disappear a little bit more. Um, like I said, I truly believe that that is a sign of inefficiencies within the supply chain for companies. I believe that that hurts companies, not helps them. And I believe that the days are gone where you need a a massive, you know, CHTQ, you know, these massive brokerages in order to run your business. I think you can truly have uh, complete transparency up and down the supply chain and brokers and carriers can actually work together and not hate each other and blame each other for everything um, to where they can create true partnerships. And, you know, that the industry, this is going to be hard and you're going to watch some people fail that happens in business and life in general. Uh, yeah. But for the ones that make it out on the other side, you're going to see a whole different version of over the over the road domestic freight business model, essentially how it all works. And that's exciting. That's a that's an exciting future. You know, have you ever I'm sure you've used like Uber Eats or uh, oh, yeah. Postmates or something like that, right, Cam? Okay. Yep. Um, and I'm sure most of your audience has too. And so I don't know if you have me, I'm impatient when I order my food, it's cause I'm hungry and I want it now. So I order my food and you can see the driver's name, contact information, their license plate. You can con you communicate with them instantaneously. Uh, and you can literally watch their fucking car, pick your food up, drive over and, 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 and deliver it to you. Right. Yep. Yeah. It's I good. believe is good. 
it's it's fucking amazing. And I, I believe that here very, very soon, that is what over the road full truckload freight's going to look like. A hundred percent and all applications across the board. And it should. And the people that get closer to offering that, they're gonna be the winners. So uh, that's what I'm excited for, man. I mean, it, it's pumping me up just fucking talking about it. Like, Let's go make some calls, <laughs> Let's baby. Go. You know? Let's go. Let's go. Uh, no, and so. I'm pumped too to part. I, I mean, and and I'll just put it out there. Like, I'm a partner to you guys, obviously, and I'm I'm always connecting with Huge you. Partner. Like, hey, man, I got these. Uh, hey, this, this, this. Here's a contact or connection. Like, like, let's get this thing going. And so. Um, you know, from the insurance standpoint, you know, most people don't even think about it, but it's like, no, nah, man, I'm trying to connect you with people like Rick that can help you actually succeed. And the reason that, um, that I liked when I, when I first met Rick, when he was a truck salesman, as he, as he puts it, um, he wasn't a truck salesman. Rick helped people get wealth and build money and strategize and put them in contact with people that cared, that knew the industry, that were respective in their own professions, right? In their own lanes, um, which is how we connected. And I knew that he was different. It's like, he's not just selling a truck. He's trying to figure out who to connect with, who to help them, to educate them here, to try to make them successful because he knows like he, he's successful. So he wants other people to do it. But then successful people stay in business. Our whole goal is to just get people to that dream and remember why they did it and stay in business and and, you know, do what you set out to do. Like you, yeah. did, you didn't do it to just start and fail. I know you didn't do that. Right. So yeah. like keep going. I'm pumped to watch the growth, the success. I'm excited on, you know, to, to help you guys succeed too. So um, I'll make sure there's a link to, to open hall on there, but how can they get a hold of you, Rick, if uh, people are interested in connecting with the freight brokerage side of the house or even just touching base with you in general, what's the best way to get yeah, a hold of you? Yeah, please, please. So uh, our, uh, the best way to get a hold of me is by email. That's going to be richard at openhall.com, uh, richard at openhall.com. And, uh, uh, you know, the, uh, or, or hit me up on LinkedIn. I, I'm a big LinkedIn fan. So uh, Richard Globitz, uh, I'm sure you can put a link to my, uh, my, my profile in there. And please reach out. I mean, anything that I can do to help out, anything I can do to create new relationships and help you create new relationships, that's, that's, that's all I'm here for. If you want to talk about, we were talking about higher whys. My, my why is really similar to yours, Cam's. That's why we've always seen eye to eye. Um, you know, money comes and goes. Uh, friendships shouldn't, you know, relationships shouldn't. And, you know, there's, there's a way to build those out and there's a way to help everybody, you know, and that's, that's the way you got to look at it. How, how would I be able to help somebody? And if you, you know, and anything that I can do to provide more information, um, you know, to help you book a little bit better paying freight, you know, to help you to take a second to look through your business and, and make some recommendations, anything at all that I can do. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, stoked yeah absolutely like let's let's get after it so um it, it'll yeah, it'll take all of us outside of the the stuff that i laid out the last little thing i would say guys is all small carriers if you work together you know are better in numbers i guess is what i'm saying that doesn't mean you have to have a 500 truck fleet what that means is you have to have and you have to work together with other carriers be it big or larger you know or small excuse me and be willing to work together and and create something big, utilizing all your partnerships. So let's build them, baby. I mean, let's build them. Don't be shy, you know, and don't be shy and ask questions. And, you know, we're here to help. I'm being dead honest, you know, contact me anytime. So, okay. 
I appreciate you. And I thank you for taking the time, man. I know you're busy. Um, I know stepping away is uh, super valuable, but it was so valuable having you on and getting a refreshing view of the market and the opportunity that's available. So like, I appreciate it. You know that I appreciate you. So of course, everyone, I'll put uh, his connection links in the comments or, you know, uh, the the show notes, whatever you're going to be listening on. As always, find it on Spotify, YouTube, whatever. There's a Facebook group. Get a load of this trucking Facebook group. Um, We try to put out a lot of good content in there and and value. Connect with us on LinkedIn. Follow us. Give us a call. Hit my man, Rich Rick up. I call him Ricky. So Richard Rick, it it kind (laughs) of, you throw me off. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to drop the cold call line. I should, but we won't. We'll keep, we'll keep the end professional. (laughs) (laughs) So as always, till next time, appreciate you guys. Thank you.